Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our modern day, doctors are often guided by many, many regulations about what they are to do with medical information that is gathered. They are told how they must share that information with the patient. If a test reveals an issue, it must be disclosed to the patient quickly. But what if that wasn't the case? What if all of those regulations did not exist? Do you think there would ever be a time when a doctor might not disclose something that he saw on a test? What if a doctor looked at the MRI of a beloved patient that he had cared for for years? and saw there what he hoped he would not see. Do you ever think he might be tempted not to share the issue rather than bring such bad news to his longtime patient? Well, I suppose the temptation would probably only be strong in one particular set of cases. And that would be when the doctor knew that there was no treatment or cure for that particular issue. In that case, perhaps he might not want to startle his longtime patient with news that was bad, but that could not be addressed at all. But even then, he might still feel the need to share the truth simply because it was the truth. But imagine in the other case that the doctor saw something that he knew there was a ready cure available for. Of course, in that case, he would have to reveal the truth, and quickly so. He would have to go into that patient's room and expose to them the death that was growing inside of them in order that life might come. It would be the only loving thing to do. For letting the death just grow would be simply murderous when there was an easy cure to be offered. God also acts in the same way towards us. Of course, being God, he is free to do whatever he wants with whatever information he has. There's no outside force that dictates how it is that he should act in every case. He is regulated solely by his own nature and character. And so when he looks inside of us and sees sin and death growing there, because of all the things that we have ingested that we should not have, he could simply remain quiet. He could remain silent and let that death grow until it literally killed everything around it. But we rejoice today to know that that is not God's nature or character. No, he loves his whole creation, and he desires that every last one of his creation would live forever with him rather than die eternally because of sin. He exposes that death that is growing inside of us because it's the only way to bring forth life. You see, God is well aware that there is a cure for this disease of sin that grows death inside of us. 
He is aware of the cure because he is the one who created the cure. Many times a doctor might hear of a cure and hope that it will work for his patient, but God knows that cure firsthand for sin and has no doubts about whether it will work if applied to each human person. He knows that this cure is 100% effective because he created it and he's tested it on so many people already. And so we could say, so to speak, that God comes into our room, the rooms of our life, and exposes the death that he sees growing within us, but that he does so in order that life might come forth. It's really what we find God doing in the wilderness with those Israelites that we heard about today in our Old Testament reading. Their lack of thanksgiving for the salvation that God had brought them by taking them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and towards the Promised Land was poisonous. Their lack of trust in God to provide for them there during the days of the wilderness wandering was toxic. Their refusal to acknowledge the gifts that God was giving them, even at the present time, was deadly. With each grumble they made, it was clear that death was growing inside of them. And so God, in his mercy, exposed that death. In this particular case, God exposed that death by manifesting death in a very physical way outside or from outside of their body. He sent fiery or poisonous serpents around them and let them be bit by them in order that they might understand that sin was doing inside of them what that venom was doing from outside. God in his mercy was exposing their death in order that life might come forth. Now I'm sure as the fangs of those snakes dripping with poison clenched into their skin, they didn't particularly immediately say, ah, there is the love of God. But God was doing this as an act of love. He was doing it because he knew there was a cure for their sinful condition. He knew that if those people would only look up to the one whom God would send as a savior, well, then they would have life rather than death. But he understood they would only look up to the Savior if they first looked down and saw those fiery serpents bringing death upon them. Once they understood the severity of their sin through those poisonous bites, well, then God placed before their eyes a symbol of the Savior that was to come. He had Moses craft a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and lift it up high in the sky like that Savior that would come later. He told them that if they looked to that serpent, well, they would then live. And indeed, they did. God loves you no less than he loved those Israelites. And so when he sees death growing inside of you, well, he will expose it as well. He will expose it because he knows that there is a cure for the sin and death inside of you. So how is it that God exposes our death? 
Should we expect venomous serpents to come among us and bite us in order to wake us up? Well, I suppose if that's the only option we leave God, he might. But more often than not, God exposes our death through one of three ways. In our lives and in the scripture, God usually begins this process of exposing death by simply opening his mouth and letting his word be sent forth. Yes, he reveals our death simply by telling us about it. As our Old Testament reading says, he'll say things like, you are dead in your trespasses. Yes, he tells us about our death. He says that lust, it will kill you. That greed, it's poisonous to you. That gossip, it's toxic to your well-being. And God hopes that speaking his word is enough to turn us from our sins in order that we might look at that one who was lifted up on the cross for us. But because of the rebellion of humanity, sometimes that word alone is not enough. So then sometimes God will let the consequences of our own decisions go on as they normally would. He will withdraw the mercy that he usually gives us, which stops so many of the consequences of our sins from impacting us. He will let those sins work chaos in our life, just as they are prone to do naturally. Again, he doesn't do this because he likes to see us suffer or squirm. But instead, he does it in order that through that chaos, we might wake up and see the death that is growing inside of us. And we should also say, especially since our text gives us one such time, that sometimes throughout the scriptures and in our own lives, God will take another approach. He will simply bring something disastrous upon us in order to wake us up from our sins. Think of this as the poisonous serpent's approach. In this way, God is not just letting sin have its way, but is directly bringing something into our life in order that we might realize again how much we need him. But regardless of the approach that God takes because of our rebellion against him that is often so stubborn, he does so every time because he knows there is a cure for the disease that we have. He, know there, he knows there is a cure because he created the cure. God does not delight in the death of anyone. And so he exposes that death early on in order that life might come forth. Oh, for us too, having our death exposed oftentimes is no more fun than being bit by a poisonous snake. We often question at the time, too, whether that revelation of the death inside of us has anything to do with the love of God for us. But God, he persists. He persists because he understands that if we never understand the death growing inside of us, we will never truly look to the Savior who comes to save us from that death. God loves the world, St. John says. He loves it so much that he exposes its death 
So when it happens to you, don't grumble at God's kindness in doing so. Don't run away when your pastor or another Christian brings you a word that exposes your sin. If chaos comes into your life through bad decisions, allow that chaos to serve as a diagnosis of your sinful condition. And if life comes at you so fast you don't know what to do, well then turn to God, for he does know what to do. You see, the great physician, Jesus, when he sees the MRI that reveals sin, well, he doesn't like what he sees, but he doesn't hide it either. No, he comes into our room and he exposes our sin in order that life might result. For he knows there's a cure. He knows his son Jesus is the cure. And so he shows us our sin, and then he shows us our Savior. He tells us to look to the cross and be saved. And if we do, we are. We look to the one who was lifted up for us and we are saved. Jesus said in our gospel reading from John, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him might have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Yes, God exposes your death in order that life might come forward, life that comes through looking at the one on the cross. Praise be to God for his mercy. Amen.